Hey, Kenzie, you know what bothers me? What, Casey? Terrible intro music. Oh, bother! Okay, everybody, and welcome to our ninth episode of Oh, Bother. Nine. Number nine, and we're feeling fine. Oh, my God. Every episode. All right. Every episode. (laughs) Number 35, and we're... Still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Just bank that one for like, when's that going to be? Like a year from now? (laughs) Um, It will be, well, let's see, this is week nine. So it would be 26, no, 26 weeks from now. Yeah. Oh, okay. There we go. If you guys keep up. Oh, we're going to keep this up. (laughs) There's no way this is going to stop happening. We are full steam ahead. Anyway, you might have heard a third voice in this episode We uh, just now. So we do have a guest this week again. So this is Lucy. Say hi, Lucy. Hi. Uh, And my name is Casey. And my name is Kenzie. All right. And we are about to start this ninth episode. So let's get down into it since we have a big old hot topic to get into later. All right, baby bothers. I could go first this time. I never go first. Yeah, you should. <laughs> go for it. I am bothered by the fact that air travel turns me into a terrible human being. <laughs> oh, I'm bothered by that <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so let me tell you a story. So I was flying back from visiting home uh, a few days ago, and I was I was uh, my second flight. I had three planes that I had to connect from, and the second one was going to be an hour, uh, about an hour and a half late which meant I was going to miss my connection to Burbank, okay? Uh, Because it was going to be an hour and a half late. So the entire time we're like waiting to get on this plane to get to Salt Lake City so then we can fly to Burbank because hopefully, and there's a lot of people who are going to maybe miss their connections, all right? Because we all have planes, maybe not necessarily the same place I'm going, but planes that are leaving at 8.30, okay? Anyway, so we get uh, almost to Salt Lake. We are in the air and we are like, wow, we're going to land. We're going to get in there. We're going to run to our gates. We're going to make it, guys. It's going to be great. <laughs> but then we get told over uh, like the loudspeaker, the pilot says, so we are unfortunately going to have to circle for about another 35 Yikes. minutes because the plane in front of us is having a medical emergency. Oh so they have, to, uh, they have to uh, de-bo- deplane first. And so at the same time, me and everybody else in this plane, because we're all terrible people at this moment, are thinking the same thing. We aren't thinking like, oh, wow, I hope this person is okay. (laughs) We're thinking, oh, man, I'm going to miss my connection. (laughs) So and then but then I land and then I find out. And when we finally land, we get out. I find out that my plane to Burbank is three hours late anyway. So I (sighs) so I didn't miss my connection. (laughs) I was just acting like a terrible person for no reason. And that bothered me wow. wow when you said like flying makes you a terrible person i thought you just meant like hate it <laughs> oh i'm Sucks. an ass to people in airports like it makes me ill i don't make fly. eye contact with anyone in an airport i'm like don't sit near me yeah i'm like the least friendly i ever am in i airport definitely terminals. always sit next to a dude who's got his arms spread too wide, you know? <laughs> and i'm a broad person too you know i need more space than maybe the average woman so um, I, it's pissing me off <laughs> Oh, I have a story about a dude on this airplane that I finally got on, all right? So we're flying to Burbank, right? And this plane is only maybe like half full, okay? So I sit down next to a guy who's, you know, probably around our age, maybe a little bit older. And then I realize there's no one seen behind us and there isn't going to be. There's no one else coming onto the plane. So I say like, 
oh, I guess I could move back here. And this guy's like, yeah, I guess you could. <laughs> and I'm like, ready to stay out of spite. <laughs> but I'm like, no, I'm going to be like writing a cover letter. I don't want this guy watching me yeah. anyway. So I left. So I go in and I sit behind this guy. And then the guy's like, I mean, if you want to talk, you could just like stay up here. And I'm like, your words make me think that you want me to talk to you. Your tone makes me think you want me to stay where I am. <laughs> what What do you want from me, man? So I just said, I like my space. And I sat behind <laughs> him. And watched as he did the crossword in the magazine that is in the no. seat in front of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to change my baby father because <laughs> I realized something that bothers me. I hate when I sit next to someone on an airplane and they don't bring anything to do and they expect me to entertain them. That's happened to me multiple times because I'm a reader and I don't get a lot of time in my life to read. So whenever I'm on an airplane, I'm like... Great. I got no Wi-Fi. I got no text. We is reading. That is happening now. <laughs> we is reading. It is happening. <laughs> and like one time I sat down with a book and I opened it and the guy who sat down next to me was like kind of cute. So I engaged him in conversation or he engaged me in conversation and like I let it happen. And then he started talking about his relationship with his girlfriend and then his father and it was a strained relationship with his father. And I was like, wow, um, that's a lot to put on me as a stranger. I have no <laughs> advice for you. May, may we stop? May we? <laughs> but that's when you just say something like, oh, that's cool. And then, <laughs> really? That's what you say to them? Well, then it's obvious. Or then they think you weren't listening. Yeah, then you yeah. think you weren't listening and they'll stop. <laughs> I say that's cool to like everything. <laughs> exactly. I do too, even when I'm trying to be I helpful. I try so hard not to because it doesn't sound like I mean anything by that. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I just don't know <laughs> oh what to God. say. Now I'm like, should I change my to a plane related thing? No. No, you do um, your own thing. Yeah, my stick. original baby. This yeah. is your chance. Keep it on point. Is angry bumper stickers. I've oh, yeah. seen a lot of them recently. Mm. I mean, we spend a lot of time in our cars in this lovely city. Um, and I've just seen so many, like... So the the bumper sticker that I most recently saw that really set me off was one that said, who the F is Supreme? And if you don't know, Supreme is like a streetwear brand. People oh. line up for blocks and blocks and blocks to get in this <laughs> tiny store. Um, I didn't know that. Me either. You haven't seen this, the line? No. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what you're You know the, the image, right? Like yeah. it's like a red sticker. It says Supreme. No. Okay, literally, next time you're at work, because we work in a place where there are a lot of tourists, just, like, keep an eye out. You'll see it in one day. Or And people have a lot of, like, parody versions of it that says other words in the same type. Yeah. And, like, a red box. Anyway, so this person had that bumper sticker. And then I saw, um, I've seen this, like, many times. I don't give a F. <laughs> it's hard for me. I don't give an F about your stick figure family because we love those stick figure families. That's yeah. so mean. Which I don't enjoy stick figure family stickers either. But, and then here's the third one to round it out. Um, is just somebody who had probably eight different stickers that portrayed the idea that they are a slow driver and go around me. <laughs> like, I don't care if you're in a rush kind of stuff. And I just, all of those made me very upset because that person had to be so mad <laughs> to go on the internet and be like, find me a, a supreme 
anti-Supreme store. <laughs> oh <my laughs> we put it on my car, and we put up this message that I am mad that people enjoy stuff. <laughs> well, because it's not easy to find a bumper sticker that's that specific. specific they yeah. don't sell them, like, at Target. No, you'd have to Google that. If yeah. you really are mad about Supreme and also stick figure families and you want people to know you're a slow driver. I saw one at work, like, out in front of the street mm-hmm. that said, tell your dog I said hi. And I really want that bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a sticker on the back of my car. It's this sticker right here. I'll show it to Lucy and Kenzie and I'll describe it to our listeners. <laughs> um, it is in the shape of Montana. And it says, get lost, parentheses, in Montana. Now, this was the tourism slogan for the state of Montana That's for, I think, fantastic. five years. Yeah, and Montanans love it. But You don't normally aim a tourism slogan at people already in the state. <laughs> but these stickers sold like, well, not even sold, but they just were handed out like candy, and everybody has them. They're on everything. They were, And then this was printed on stuff, like it's on the side of grain bins and stuff like that. But anyway, it's really popular amongst Montanans because... Of the double meaning. There's like the whole, you know, get lost in Montana, like go into the woods and find yourself, blah, blah, blah. But there's also the double meaning of get lost, <laughs> which is why Montanans love it. It's a great, great tourism slogan. Get lost, get out, get out of our state. <laughs> Loved it. And it lasted for like five years and is one of the most successful tourism slogans of all time in the state. And it's not a tourism slogan anymore, but you still see those stickers everywhere. And yeah, summarizes my attitude about life. <laughs> yeah, it's go, like that double. Uh, go get lost in nature, but also get away from me. <laughs> and get out of my space. It's my space, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of stick figure families, I saw one on the internet the other day that was made out of guns. So it's like... <laughs> Ooh, so like stickers time. were guns, like a big no. gun, going wow. like five more like smaller guns. I think also the one that said I don't I don't care about your stick figure family was like being massacred. Like this yeah, family I've seen was that like one. torn oh, in half. Yeah. yeah, and there was blood. So you know that's like, how I feel. Why are you so angry about yeah. people having families and being proud of them? Like I would not get a stick figure family. No. I don't need to show off progeny. I also, so ever since I was little, my mom has always been like against putting our names. Like if you have a backpack with your name on it, she's like, some kidnapper's going to be like, hey, Lucy, I know your mom. Come with me. Or whatever. (laughs) So even though she's not a warrior, but she's like, don't put your name on your backpack. Don't put how many kids you have and whether they're boys or girls on your car. Right. So that's my big gripe with that <laughs> oh man i was so into monogramming when I was like you know you order stuff from llb yeah yes! your initials yes. on it for free yeah that was oh, yeah and like my name is casey so i could just put the letters kc <laughs> on it and that was Fun. my name so i could have been kidnapped so fast yeah <laughs> anyway right. like, i know your mom and i have candy <laughs> wow wow <laughs> well speaking of kidnapping um and school and school and children <laughs> this podcast today is about an interesting academic program that I, Kenzie and Lucy here were both in as children. I was indoctrinated into this cult at the ripe age of 11. Um, I was not indoctrinated until high school, so I was very lucky. <laughs> I was lured into it in the fourth grade. Wow. Yeah. Lured. I was lured. Um, <laughs> I was told that great things would come to me if I went to the IB program. Can we start with saying how we explain it to random people? Cause yeah. Because when I mentioned it to you, the way you said it to me was so fun. You were like, I went to 
this kind of school or whatever. <laughs> Wait, how did I say You it? said I went to an honors high school, which <laughs> is like a good way of being like, you, don't, you won't understand what this is, but well, here's okay. what it is. So what are we talking about here? We are talking <laughs> about the International Baccalaureate Diploma yes. Program? Sure. Wait. The yeah, International Baccalaureate Program Organization. The I don't know. In England, they call it the International Baccalaureate. So yeah. they'll refer to it as the IB. Mm-hmm. Which, which is what we called it, yeah. Oh, we the just IB. called it IB. Oh. Until senior well, year when we found the memes online. <laughs> and we just like... We called it both. Also, my school um, used the British system for, like, our classes. So, like, a freshman is a three, a sophomore is a four, five, six, till senior. So, wow. Like, when you're a senior, you're a six. And that's, I guess, a British thing. <laughs> so, we went with that, too. But, yeah, basically, the way I explain it when people are, like, when I say I went to this type of high school, I say I went to an IB high school, and people go, huh? And then I say that stands for International Baccalaureate. It's kind of like AP, but harder. (laughs) It's, okay. I would say it's AP with strings attached. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's AP, but, like, it's a whole lifestyle. Like, they want you, they want to mold you into, like, an international citizen, Mm -hmm. which at the time I was very against. (laughs) But now looking back, I'm kind of like, okay, I feel like I have learned things from this. I thought you were going to say the opposite. At the time, I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. No, I think at some, like, when I first came into it, I was like, cool, I'm very bored in my classes. (laughs) Like, I was, like, the circus freak, like, smart kid Mm -hmm. in my classes, so they would just, like, I was supposed to help everyone with homework, and they'd be like, ooh, look at Mackenzie, she's going to be president someday. And, like, no one really knew anything about me other than the fact that I was smart, so it was, Mm -hmm. I needed to be challenged. I was very bored. So I got sold on, this is the hardest program in the area. And I'm like, neat. Let's challenge the Bazingas out of me. <laughs> um, so I went there and boy, did I, you know, bite too much off. I don't know. <laughs> was, it, was it new to your school at the time? No. So it, um, it was at a public high school mm-hmm. in a low income area. So, basically, they dropped the IB program there, and everyone in Sacramento who was smart and wanted to pursue IB, or, you know, book smart, but not necessarily, like, street smart, um, (laughs) enough to, you know, know it's maybe a cult. Um, (laughs) Think that through. Um, (laughs) So, everyone in the area would come out and, like, drive 40 minutes in to go to the school. That was also a lower-income public high school. Mm -hmm. So there were also the poor children of the neighborhood and low-income and also, like, they had to deal with us, so poor them, Um, who genuinely, like, went to this high school and they were nice kids, but they were surrounded by nerds, and I I feel bad to them. So you guys were, like, blended in with kids who already went there. Right. Interesting. And I think it had been like that like Riverdale. mm, No. I mean, I... When they went. The South Side side. (laughs) Serpents were cool. So maybe, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In that, well, the only difference is the IB kids could not play football. We're never on the football team. We went to football games and rooted for the football team, but it was all local kids that went to that high school. (laughs) They really, they were nice kids too. Like I met more of them my senior year and it was kind of, it was weird to be like in this isolated program. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. In a school. I, I have, like, the exact opposite. I went to a boarding private high school, <laughs> um, which I guess had had IB for probably five years or something before me. My cousin had gone there as a day student, and then I we went to her graduation, and she was actually graduating with one of Ron Howard's daughters. Um, <laughs> That's a selling yeah, point. A selling point, literally. Yeah. No, it's like a beautiful school. It's like what you imagine a college campus would be like. It's so picturesque. And um, we were at her graduation, and my dad was like, "That's Winthrop from the Music Man," and he was he was. <laughs> oh my god! And I was like, of um, all the credits, <laughs> yeah, Winthrop. good. Not Opie. I wouldn't know Opie. Oh, at you the time. Andy Griffin. When I was little, I knew Winthrop, so oh, that's yeah. why he said that. Yeah. Oh okay. Um, well, Winthrop, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And he was like videoing, <laughs> which of course cool. he was, of course yeah. He was. And um, but I, I was, yo- I'm younger than my sister, and I was like, "You gotta go here, so I can go here." Yeah. Um, but also my sister uh, decided to go there just on her own stuff. But uh, yeah, it's very opposite because it's like an expensive school. I mean, plenty of girls had like scholarships and financial aid and things, but um, we were, we also had like financial aid. But, yeah, we decided to go there for that. And I think the, my biggest problem with the IB is that um, nobody knows what it is ever. <laughs> yeah. And, like, we were basically, I think, told that it would get you into, like, any college in the right. world. And I didn't get into any of the colleges I wanted to. Same. Pretty much at all. <laughs> I almost failed yeah. IB English pretty much every year. And I'm pursuing a career in writing right now. So <laughs> think that through. Yeah. Um, they would make us read books that were kind of like... Did you have to read, like, Handmaid's Tale in no. sophomore year? Yeah. They <laughs> they somehow found, like, every book that was had, like, an unsettling sexual theme to it. Oh, and they put that on funny. our reading list. There was one about, like, this little boy that, like, watched his mom change through a hole in the wall. Yikes. It's a literal book that I read as a sophomore <laughs> in high school. No, we had a list for, like, summer reading, and nobody read it. Oh, we were. Yeah, we were like, nah. <laughs> we were forced, yo. I mean, um. we were forced, but nobody read it, uh, as far as I know. But, yeah, no, no reading there. <laughs> The main thing about IB that, I don't know, the main thing that always bothered me was that they would try to connect all the subjects. Mm. They had those areas of interaction, so they were like these weird buzzwords that they would make us like relate things to. Areas of interaction? So it was approaches to learning, environmental, health and social. (laughs) I don't think we did that. And then they, oh, homo... Something I don't know. It was. I did like that our math was all different types of math. Like it wasn't like algebra. You would take combined math, which I liked. You, you would take like a math sampler. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. For some reason, see what maths you like better. No, these all in thing, one. I don't even know if this bothers me or if it didn't bother me. But a lot of the classes, like AP, you had to memorize facts, and in IB they would give you like, something that had happened in history, and they would ask you, like, how it affected the Mm. environment, Mm -hmm. and that was the big... So we learned how to, like, for lack of a better word, BS everything, because (laughs) you can be handed something, and then you know, like, how to work with it and make it sound smart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Analyze everything, yeah. Yeah. Also weird about IV is that um, 
when you take your exams, they are sent overseas yep. and someone grades them. It's like you can apply <laughs> to be a grader. Yeah. You can apply to be an IB grader. And so it's like, who knows who decides yeah. my entire fate? Well, and it was um, like on a scale yeah. of seven. So yeah. they had a rubric of and it seven. was. Yeah. And also, I am also pursuing a career in writing. <laughs> and my two highest classes were math and Mandarin, which is Yikes. like, what's the Oh my God, that's so hard for me every time. Why? It's just so weird. Like, I mean, I was good at Mandarin. Don't get me wrong. But I took the easiest math that there was. For Ivy testing, I took higher level English. And I, one of the books on it, they gave you like four options for what you could write an essay about. And it was like a five page essay. It was not a thing that you could just pull out and fake. Um, Mm -hmm. so I picked Mrs. Dalloway to write my essay on, and I had not read Mrs. Dalloway. I had just (laughs) sat in the class and took, taken notes on, like, what people had talked about. I got a five. Wow. Yeah. I more than passed that higher level exam having not read the book, which I feel like really speaks to the core values of Ivy. (laughs) I think also being in an Ivy program... Everyone's so smart, at least in my school. Like, yeah, that it made me feel dumb. Like I all felt the time. so stupid all, all through high time. school, and then I went to college, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not a dumbass. I'm really smart <laughs> compared to most." I guess I don't know. I also did not get my IB diploma. We were discussing this when we first were I discussing. Um, but you didn't want to, right? I got a high school diploma, and then I got like an IB associate C- certificate or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I got like some kind of an add-on degree, but I don't so know. an IB diploma, <laughs> you have to have, you choose at least in my school three higher levels, right? And then three standard levels. I don't remember the yeah. total, but your total has to be forty-two. Wait, forty-two no. is a perfect score. No, wait, because your higher takes... levels have to oh. add up to twelve. Isn't it? Your your higher. I, don't know. I remember. Here's why I remember this. My higher levels added up to eleven, <laughs> and your higher levels have to add up to twelve. Your three high level classes, and then all your others add up to some. Like I had the total, but not a specific subset of those total. So that's why I didn't get it, and it's all because of higher level art. Same. Yeah. So I took. I almost failed art class in high school because it was IB <laughs> art. And I had an F in the class at one point, and for a while, I really wanted to be a fashion designer, so I was thinking about applying to art schools, and the reason I didn't was because my art teacher was basically like, you have no potential. And I had my mom come in for a student-teacher conference because she didn't believe me, like, after this woman had made me cry in the class multiple times. Um, So my mom came in and, like, had a parent-teacher conference with her, and I think I ended up with a C in Mm. art (laughs) <laughs> I think I had a B in art, but it was like I had to work really hard for a B in art. Because, yeah, my teacher was like, I don't know, on another level, really difficult. Yeah. Um, and as we all know, art is subjective. Um, so <laughs> it was very objective to them. I don't know yeah. why. Like, well, um, my art teacher, she was a little crooked. I don't know. She really like convinced me to take higher level art by saying, so my sophomore year, I took um, photography, and I got, like, an A. I won a photography award in my school and stuff. And so I was like, I can, I'll take higher-level art like you want um, <laughs> if I can do photography in it. 
And she was like, yeah, sure, okay. And that never happened. I asked her, like, many times. I was like, please, um, you said I could. You said I could. And then it never happened. So it's all because of art that I'm here today. No, I'm kidding. Right, yeah. That's what really lured me into film was failing art. Mm. So thank God, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Um, One of the things about IB that was really big was... They had a class called Theory of Knowledge that you had to take, and it was about philosophy, (laughs) but it was also about where knowledge comes from, and how do we know anything is real? And that was basically the main thing I learned about when I was 17 years old. I'm sorry, I'll stop hitting that. (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of reflected back on it, and I realized that my teacher was basically Michael from The Good Place. (laughs) <laughs> and the That's whole funny. class was like the good place but I wasn't ready for it at the time mm. do you think learning philosophy at such a weird time in your life <laughs> like did so anything early, for you do you feel like learning philosophy in high school is a good idea <laughs> I don't think I got anything out of it <laughs> not a thing um ours was teach taught teached Taught by our literal headmaster. (laughs) So so we were all like, yeah, no thanks, Mr. Stevens. See you later. Uh, Yeah, we were, we, we, no. (laughs) The main thing I took away from theory of knowledge actually has to do with Casey's baby father. Um, When you were saying Mm -hmm. that you felt bad for not thinking about the person who was having the medical emergency, one of the things that we talked about for a long time in theory of knowledge was how if you get annoyed by an ambulance noise, technically you're a bad person. And that's what I thought about when I was 17 years old in third period. Like, I literally thought about that. And I was like, okay, I'm never going to be annoyed by ambulances ever again because then I'll be a bad person. Hmm. Which, you know, that's a lot of responsibility to put on my (laughs) child. A literal child. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we all just kind of did our best. Uh, I can't remember, but I got a very bad grade. Um, on a TOK paper, we got, like, letter grades, I think. And oh. I, I think I got, like, a G or something weird. What? <laughs> out of, I don't know what the scale was. I'm pretty sure I got a G, so I was like, that is worse than F, I guess. Yeah. G for great. G for good try. So let's uh, talk a little bit about where IB came from, because I, honestly, when I was in the program, we would ask people, we would specifically ask our TOK teacher, because he was kind of like the grand poobah of IB at our school, um, which makes sense with your headmaster. Yeah. <laughs> I think they only give that to, like, the highest in power of the cult. Um, but when we were asking him about where it was from, because, you know, you teach children to question the world, they're obviously going to question the world they're in. Um, and he told us that it came from Norway. So I always just assumed that Norway was a strange place, which is, you know, it's, it's not, I don't think. I've met people from Norway and they seem perfectly normal. I'm Norwegian. Yeah, you're, okay, you're weird, but like in a fun way, not in an IB way. Norway has the best prisons in the sense that if you committed a crime, you would want to be in a Norwegian prison. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> table that. Um, we'll talk about that later. Um, but... This didn't come from Norway. Like, I'm not finding any information on that. It says that IB headquarters were officially established in Geneva, Switzerland in 1968, 
which honestly, I thought this was a thing that got invented in the mid nineties. <laughs> For some reason, this seemed like something that was new. Maybe it was the logo looks very new. That's true. Yeah. Modern. Yeah. But Switzerland, I wouldn't have thought for some reason. That makes sense. <laughs> it's all those like cold northern European <laughs> places and their alternative learning. What if everybody was a global citizen I think, of the world? Honestly, Maybe then we wouldn't have wars and there would be no such thing as neutral Switzerland because every, oh no, everyone would be neutral. <laughs> but... I feel like IB started out as a good idea in the 1960s. I feel like at some point, um, it's going to be, or it was a good idea. And this is going to be a controversial comparison, but it reminds me of communism. Like, in a way, someone at some point had a good idea, and they just, they pushed it too far, and kids cried. I remember having quite the mental breakdown outside of my um I don't remember if it was my first exam but I remember going into my history of the Americas exam we were basically just like hysterically laughing because we were so nervous and it's definitely a pressure cooker it really is and I don't know I mean like I've struggled with anxiety my whole life so I think I was gonna be you know this was going to attract me no matter what because I love chaos and I was just going to be like, yeah, put me in that. But um, I don't know. I mean, it brings a bigger question of is it right to put kids under pressure mm-hmm. in high school? Yeah. I um, definitely also had this like very, very stressed. I would go to my teachers crying <laughs> because I had a B. I was like, Working so hard to get a B, and I, I was fully convinced that I was failing because I would check on my grades like all the time. Yep. With my teachers, and I would be crying, and my teacher would be like, "You're doing fine. What are you doing?" And I'd be like, uh, "I don't know anything." Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's um. It's so hard, and um. I think it kind of worked better in my school than it sounds like it did in yours. Um. Partially because <laughs> it was an international school. Yeah. So a lot of the girls I went to school with like would have done the program in their own countries that's cool and they were like more familiar with it and like they knew what was up a little bit more but on the pressure cooker side of things I was head of lots of clubs I was in lots of clubs and then I went to college and because of all that I was just like I'm doing nothing yeah (laughs) I did nothing I mean college was so easy compared to high school and I just didn't get involved with anything at all (laughs) I wasn't really involved with anything other other than school and a lot of my friends I didn't really see outside of school because we were so tired and we spent so much time working on academic things mm-hmm. like the movie book smart I saw it last night and I, I was like it. this hits too close to home um, this is me but I didn't really have like that night of like debauchery yeah um I just kind of you know I gotta see book smart let my yeah. 20s be weird um um in our school if they heard that you drank even off campus, even in the summer, you could get expelled. And what? People did. Dang. Shoot. Yeah. There were a lot of expulsions my sophomore year. Whoa. <laughs> it's a small school, too. It's like 150 students. And I think my sophomore year, there was like five expulsions. Well. But there were major um, thefts that year. <laughs> there was like one girl, like, 
thieving around. Um, so she got expelled. There were a few drunken encounters, I guess. One of which was over the summer. And, like, they just heard about it somehow. And she got expelled. Like, a lot. Like, a lot of expulsions. I had a lot of friends that went to colleges that were known for having great frat parties. Mm. Specifically because high school was so stressful. Mm. And, I mean, I went to Lutheran College after that. So, I didn't party a lot until (laughs) my 20s. Which, don't do that. (laughs) I had one friend on a comedy team or was you know on a yeah improv team that's the word (laughs) sketch team that's the word um and they had lots of parties so i would go to those but that's it like not other parties those were real fun we would all sing like sweet caroline really loud (laughs) and the neighbors would be mad oh no it was come on eileen come on yeah everybody would be shouting it and then we'd get in trouble casey how do you feel about going to a high school that had no honors. Mm, well, let me, yeah, let me wrap up this conversation. So I didn't know what IB was. I don't think I still do. <laughs> Nobody does. When I was in high, I, I, I've heard of it before because when I was in school, you know, you'd be filling out applications, you'd be filling out forms for tests, all that stuff. And it would ask you, are you in AP classes? Are you in IB? And I would ask my mom, what is international baccalaureate? <laughs> Assuming she would know. And I, she never told me either, really, because she, she didn't know. So there was never really an answer. Wow. So, But you two are the first people I've met who are actually a part of that program. I went you didn't to, miss much. I grew up in a very <laughs> small town in Montana, as I've mentioned before. I went to the only school that was there. I'm from a very rough area of Montana, so generally people would send their kids to other schools. But my mom was like, I'm not driving you out to this other place. Oh <laughs> You're going to this school. And it was totally fine because I'm a tough person, I guess. Not right. really. But anyway, so the te- I had great teachers, and then I we didn't have any AP classes, which was super annoying when I got to college because like we would be registering for classes and I'm a fre- I'm like a freshman, but I'm surrounded by all these people who are also freshmen who are technically sophomores who could register earlier than I could, who could get into all the classes I wanted uh, because they have these they had more credits than I did because of AP classes. So that was the oh. only thing that was actually frustrating. Um, but I, you know, I took classes in high school that, like, I took all the, what they called college preparatory classes. That was their way of saying, you know, we aren't going to give you any credits, but here are some really hard classes that'll make you <laughs> understand what college is like. So I took all of those, you know, calculus, uh, anatomy and physiology one and two, yeah, um, chemistry, anything like that, all that stuff. <laughs> and then I went to college and I was fine. I did really well in college. I had, yeah, I remember I... At one point, I was in a class that uh, it was one of my first classes freshman year. It was a film history class, and there was this new professor who, um, very nice, one of my favorite professors in college. But this was his first class, everyone's first class with him. I got an A minus on an essay, and I'm like, why did I get an A minus? Like, why didn't I get an A? And I'm going after the class. I was going to go ask him why did I get an A minus until I heard everybody else in the class talking around me. Like, everybody in the row behind me had gotten a D on this essay. Everybody, and Ah. I never, I never talked to anybody who got higher than a C on that essay. So I was like, you know what? Sounds like an A minus was a pretty sweet deal. I'm not going to complain. (laughs) And then, yeah, and he was one of my favorite professors, but he was very tough. He's a very tough professor. He had a certain way 
like he he would set out in the rubric exactly what he wanted from each individual essay and as long as he followed that you'd be fine but so many people just didn't <laughs> they're like i'm gonna be all flowy and artsy and i'm like no he just wants you to analyze this scene and point out two things <laughs> do it uh but nowhere was i going with that um i yeah it's turned out fine we are we all had different high school experiences and we're all in the exact same place right now so <laughs> take that same. as you will I <laughs> the exact same job too exactly the That's exact so same weird. job exact same class life trying to do the exact same career yeah um honestly i if i have taken anything away from you know high school i don't really remember a lot of high school because at the end of the day i don't think it mattered really at all that's a fair point like when i was in school there was no i really really uh was always upset because there weren't any activities for me to do that i wanted to do I think that kind of still annoys me in the back of my head. Like, they got rid of speech and drama when I was a freshman. So the Aww. very first year I could have done it. So I couldn't do that. Um, so we didn't have any, like, speech and debate or anything like that. We didn't have school newspaper. I tried to get that going once. Oh that God. didn't work out. Um, so I had to do a lot of stuff I didn't want to do, i.e. play sports. And the mm. thing about sports was I'm not very good at very many of them. And I didn't have any motivation to get better because I wasn't enjoying them. Like, you know when you put, you're in an activity you enjoy and maybe you're bad at it, you strive to get better. Yeah. I had no interest in being good. <laughs> so I, like, would go to practice and I'd try my hardest, but the only thing motivating me was just to not embarrass myself. Yeah, I and feel then, that. And now that I'm an adult, I'm like, that was the most pointless waste of time i i got nothing out of it you just put an explanation on a feeling that i didn't know that i could explain so thank you there we go yeah anyway so yeah that's my concluding thoughts on it it i don't think high school matters so for all the kids (laughs) listening i mean get good grades because if you get good grades then you can get scholarships to go to college but like Beyond that, like, it it shouldn't mentally affect you for the rest of your life. I hope it doesn't. It's the friends you meet and keep. I don't know. I don't know. I was going <laughs> to say something cheesy. I have a few friends from high school that I still talk to who hopefully will listen to this. I have a couple. Um, yeah, I have a couple. They're, yeah. They're some of the best friends I've ever made because yep. we made it through IB together. <laughs> we like... made it through IB together. <laughs> exactly. Every so often we all message each other and we go, wow, what a time that was, what you know? What a time, yeah. And we all graduated. Some of us got our diplomas. Some of us did not. But that's okay. I'd be diplomas. Yeah, yeah. You all got some a high school diploma. Not. Which is what matters. What matters. <laughs> Nobody has to see your IB diploma Nobody ever at all. Ever does. And it drives me nuts. All I have to my name is that I got a five in Mandarin. <laughs> and that's pretty know. cool. We had Mandarin at my school. <laughs> So, so I have an IB related anti bother. All right, Ooh. so yeah, let's move into anti bothers. Let's do it. Um, Go for it, Kenzie. You be the bridge. I will be the bridge. Um, so IB was a lot as a program, but luckily there were a lot of teachers there that really encouraged us to be creative and be funny, which is weird. Um, especially the history department at my school, there were a lot of really hilarious history teachers, and I would look forward to going to their classes. So I think that kind of really pushed me towards writing comedy and knowing that things needed to be funny. But recently, um, one of my favorite history teachers passed away, which was shocking because my sister texted me at like midnight and told me about it. Um, And he just, his class was ridiculous and it was so much fun to be in. He would make fun of all the popular kids, which someone needs to do in every class. (laughs) And he would, um, 
He would spray bad kids with Febreze. Oh, my <laughs> And um, my sister showed me a picture of his memorial, and they built, like, a little shrine to him, and it had a little bottle of Febreze outside. Oh, my God. And I almost cried. I was so, so Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you, Mr. Sullivan. You maybe pushed me into comedy. Whoa. Maybe. Wow. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, my anti-father, I went home uh, this last week, went back to Montana, uh, visited, went to my, my well, I keep, well, I still think of it as my house. I don't really identify <laughs> as living in California, even though I've been here almost a year with no, like, no breaks whatsoever. It's like a year and a half. I live in Montana. I su- I reside in California. <laughs> You'll get there, Casey. We'll get you there. Uh, I mentally am not here, but anyway, I- <laughs> what's the what's the stupidest thing could I say? My body's in California. My heart is in Montana. <laughs> Put that on a bumper sticker. There you go. I mean, I went home. Lost. It was rainy in Montana. It was nice to be home. Uh, and there's something comforting about the fact that even though my hometown looks terrible and I, I really, you go, you don't understand, but it just, it's, it's bad. Like buildings have fallen down and they have not been rebuilt. And, but there's something com- comforting in the fact that my town is this unchanging, dilapidated pile of derelict buildings. I don't know. <laughs> like I go back and it looks exactly the same terrible but that's my home <laughs> this is the village that raised me the movie theater has been out of business since nims island that was the oh last movie no and you walk up to like the glass doors there's still candy down on the ground it's no gross. and the, there's a for sale sign on the marquee and the letters have like fallen down so it like is this jumbled mess of for sale and no one has fixed it in years so you walk drive by it and it's still the exact same jumbled mess it was a year ago it just it's terrible but it's comfortable i have pictures i'll show them to you (laughs) after this is done we're gonna post wow okay wow (laughs) i have a couple of options for my (laughs) anti-father that i was thinking about doing but on the topic of high school um, my anti-bother about my high school experience is that we, it was a boarding school, um, and it's, it's kind of, when you kept saying it was a cult, um, <laughs> my high school people, if, if I describe some of the stuff that I'm about to describe, yeah. it sounds cult-like. Um, we had a bunch of traditions, so yeah. it's, the school was founded in 1882, um, so we have a lot of weird traditions involving candles involving singing songs oh yeah involving you were like adult. like harry potter <laughs> type houses we had houses nice. um and all of that so special you know yeah <laughs> and they're all secret i tell people about them anyway but they're all secret it's mostly like when you're a senior you don't tell a freshman about them because they're right dead, you know um so I, I tell everybody but um but yeah all those secret fun times and my yeah friends that i still keep in touch with but anyway all right let's wrap this up we thank you are to our guest lucy for the conversation thanks for having me all right um thank you kenzie for always being by my side you're welcome always thank you to you always being my buddy always being my pal (laughs) my podcast friend (laughs) my compadre my comrade five more I have to do five more. Five more. What have I done so far? Friend, pal, comrade, compadre, compatriot. Um, 
Amigo. Amigo, that's a good one. Pal. Uh, I think sure. I said, said pal. Yeah. Uh, coworker. Okay. <laughs> Colleague. Okay. Homie. Homie. There we go. Okay. <laughs> we did it. Cool. So on that fun friendship-filled note, let's end this thing. My name's Casey. I'm Kenzie. I'm Lucy. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye.